welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about Tom Knox and Pedro Delfino's Sodi Prospects and filmer skater duos. The content onslaught continues with Pedro Delfino and Tom Knox dropping parts since we last spoke. These parts are no doubt part of their campaigns to win Thrasher's Skater of the Year. Jason, where do these guys fall on the Sodi leaderboard? Well, I'll tell you what, they're top five and they're not five or four. Yeah, it's funny because these two parts, they're kind of opposite ends of the like intellectual skating bell curve. Pedro's totally lizard brain, but in the best possible way, like self-inflicted pain, jumping off stuff. Every trick goes into a hill bomb, kind of like almost like lab generated or AI generated thrasher branded skater and then on the other end of the bell curve you got tom knox who's the most you know avant-garde from his trick selection to the visuals that go along with it to uh i guess the glenn bronca music supervision i don't know if that was the first or second song but anyway yeah i kind of think if tom knox gets so he would almost be like a lifetime achievement thing kind of like abe because i don't know if you haven't watched the his 2020 part his which was Atlantic Drift 11, it's, which is his big, like, 10-minute statement part, it's shocking. Like, there's shit in there that is still shocking. It's almost like he had nowhere to go after that. And so he's kind of, you know, doing some more playful-type tricks, like uh, hippie jump to Ollie set or, like, that thing in Bristol where he just puts his board down real quick and then Ollie's the, uh, the big three. So, yeah, these guys are they're in it, man. They're uh, in the thick of it. What y'all think? I saw people being like underwhelmed by the Tom Knox part, but I think you're onto something, Jason, where it's like, where else does he have to go with this shit? That hippie jump, then ollieing like a, I don't know how many stairs it was, but it looked like it was like 12, 14 feet tall. Like it was tall as hell, like jumping a big thing and then ollieing that. It's just, I think uh, some, some of the Tom Knox tricks in this latest part get a little lost in Lost not in translation, but in transmission in terms of, like, you can't tell just how silly it is what he's doing. That's almost to his detriment. Yeah. I, I got to rewatch that other part, though. I'm, I'm remembering it. It's not crazy. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I want to rewatch that because I feel like it's kind of been diminishing returns with Tom Knox. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. And, like, a little bit of, like, repeating himself. You know, there was that long tailside shove it past the lamppost and then in this part it's like a long tailside to crook past the post it's just like dude's like running out of gas it feels like or running out of ideas running out of spots which i mean that's like what happens as a pro skater and what forces people to fly over to china to film a part and stuff so yeah for me it felt a little underwhelming but i do think that tom knox has probably the most Sodi juice out there. I thought it was pretty whelming. Um, it, it's definitely the second part where it's, a, you know, it's London, he's in his element, and you can really see how his brain works with some of these spots. Like, he's like, all right, I'm going to do Ollie up three quick Ollie's here, then a kickflip, then Ollie up this part, then, you know, do a kickflip off this. So that, that kind of shit is cool, I think. I think that's, you know, that's his niche, that, that's his thing. For sure, yeah, I agree with that. I, I kept trying to think of a joke. There's something about like urbanism or something like don't look down, look up, and like that's Tom Knox sometimes when he's looking at these like 
weird ass hits where you know he's ollieing off a bus station onto a electrical box, but while well, he's doing it switch and it's a switch backside fifty fifty off this thing, and like he definitely has. I don't know. It's like trains of thought. Maybe I'm trying to think of a really good way to describe the way that brain works, where he gets obsessed with certain things or something. I don't know. We've we've fallen into psychoanalyzing skaters on this show before. And uh, you mean like you mean like dropping into weird trash bin things? Yeah, or just like okay, I'm looking up and I'm trying to find window sills and alleys in London and what I can then, you know grind off of that or hop into a bank and it's dope a couple of times then we've seen about 15 of those this year and you're like dang these are all probably crazy but i can't relate to it so it only goes so far yeah i think that's the thing it's like it's not relatable it's not like getting me stoked to go out and skate you know like the the bus shelter to electric box thing it's like it's slow you know and that's not that exciting yeah, it's almost like, well, when that other part, the 2020 part came out, I compared him to Daywan. I was like, this guy is fucking English Daywan. He's at that level of craziness combined technicality with, you know, quick footedness. And it's almost kind of like Daywan became obsessed with different things like picnic table stacking, rocks, you know, not having a rear bushing or not wearing bush, not using bushings at all. So it's almost like he kind of, pushed like the pure technicality or that area that he was into the limit and now he has to you know kind of like how day one was just like fuck it i'm just gonna skate rocks obsession is a great word like because oh yeah yeah his skating is obsessive i mean think about that uh mallorca spot which i bet it's super fun to skate but i don't need to ever see another clip from that like park in mallorca but, you know, he does whatever whatever tricks and then hard flips the stairs and then hard flips again. There is, like, a certain, like, repetitive mind game going on. It, it, it is dope. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being less than complimentary. And maybe I was, like you said, Jason, perfectly whelmed by this part. Yeah. But, like, it's still amazing. It's, it simply feels repetitive at this point yeah it's almost like the sodi campaign has gone too far where it's like all right i'm gonna put out almost 18 minutes of footage and now i'm just like well like it's kind of exhausted itself so like you know if he'd put out 12 minutes and kept some of that footage just thrown it on instagram or whatever it probably would have been more impactful you know, like like he could have split it and had the Mallorca thing be a part and then the rest of the part be a part. And then they each probably would feel more impactful. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the Mallorca part was just some footage that they had and they were like, oh, we got to fucking put this somewhere. Right. Right. And yet it does feel like a little bit of like kitchen sink type shit where, yeah, 18 minutes of footage in the year. We're looking at the uh, the the stats from what's the site? What's the site Skatefol- called again? Skatefolio. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot. And it might, I don't know, it might feel lame as a skater to have to be like, okay, shit, I got to drum up more action out of this. So maybe I do go back to the ledge with the hill under it and I got to get around the lamppost. You know what I wish he'd have done with the tail slide shove it? My homie taught me a trick where you do, okay, you, you stand one footed on your nose, regular foot. And then you do a backside nollie shove it, but you use your heel to kick the board, and he called it a donkey punch. 
I wish Tom Knox would have tail slid into the light post and then just let the board shove it because it hit the light post. Well, that's kind of what he did in, in that previous part, right? I don't so think that was he the hit feeling. it. I, I mean, that's, okay. that's like the, maybe the idea, but the aside, yeah. Should we talk yeah. about Psycho Dro? Definitely. I, I actually like the part. You know, I, that Aussie song came out when I was like at the age of like watching MTV and stuff. I heard that plenty and saw the music video. So that gave me a nice hit of familiarity. Yeah, the skating was easy to digest. The the lizard brain was happy with this one. Yeah, as I Ma- thought as it- Maddie has called it smooth brain skating. Yes. I mean, when, when I first heard that he skated this song, I was like, dude, that's corny. That's like some MTV reality show type shit. But then I listened to it and it, it kind of went, it went well with the part. Like, you know, all the Zach Wilde, you know, qua pinch harmonics went well with the you know different tricks he was doing so i thought that was tight pinch harmonics by the way uh for the non-guitar players in the audience there when you kind of hit when you're playing an electric guitar you kind of hit the string with the pick and your thumb at the same time and it makes like a high-pitched squeal kind of noise pinch harmonics yeah dude you were talking a different language there for a second (laughs) i'm glad you uh expounded on that a little bit more yeah i'll have to go Give it a, a closer listen and see if I can pick up on the pinch harmonic. Oh yeah, that's that's his uh, his trademark, his claim to fame. See, I thought it was gonna be "Mama, I'm Coming Home" for a second because I'd like. Yeah, that would be that would be too much, I think. But um, or just enough. Yeah, so let's let so let's count the bot the sodi boxes that this part checks off. Invert in a pool, check. Head injury. Head head injury, hurting yourself. Big check. I don't think you need to slam beers this year in the park. No, nobody's slamming beers. Yeah, I I think that that trend has calmed down a little bit. I haven't seen that much beer shotgunning just out there this year. I'm glad for that. I I think that shit's played. Yeah, yeah, that that it was both lame and played out. I don't think either guy had a pressure flip, which is a good thing. Yeah. So what other boxes did he check? Uh, Crazy hill bomb. Oh, backside flip to hill bomb. Backside flip to yeah. switch hill bomb for the at, He had an after black ender, which when was the last time we saw one of those? Oh, dude, I was very psyched. I think he <laughs> double after blacked. Double after blacked. Yeah, because there was like the second song, and then an after black after it went to black the first time. And he also and like just about every other trick is him ollieing into some crazy psycho bank, which is a big check mark. I and you know the. Uh, that trick at Pyramid Ledges was insane. Like that's that's the thing that might give him the edge in this in this Sodi thing is just the you know push it to the limitness of the whole thing. He's pushing he's pushing it to the limit. Yeah, he he's got a crazy first, trick yeah, at an iconic spot. Like crazy trick at an iconic spot, I think is kind of a um, gives you some extra Sodi bucks. Oh yeah, Sodi bucks. Big fan of those. Did I talk about screaming after a backside flip yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we even talked about that part. But was there was there some post backside flip screaming in this in this one? Psycho Dro did not scream. Is Psycho Dro your name for Pedro Delfino, or did that come from something? It came straight from Thrasher. Oh, okay. Like, I think it was in a like a yeah video video caption video cut line. I like it. Yeah, that that's not necessarily my style of a nickname. So I don't know what I'd call Pedro Delfino. 
shout out Ted Schmitz if he's still writing those things. That was a good one. Yeah, or maybe it's AI doing it, which would be pretty rad. Yeah, who knows? Whoa, no, anti rad. More time to skate. Wait, <clears> is that where did screaming, Where did the screaming thing come from? Was that when that one video when he was trying some like psycho rail and and like the there was a wall like five feet from the end um, of screaming. No, that was a reference to Frankie Spears, who San Francisco, there's that spot where it's like a stair set, but a big wall, and it lands in a driveway and then goes down a hill, and he backs oh, right, 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 right. it, and he just kind of started, like, not like hype screaming, but just screaming. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch that. I, I must have I missed that. Yeah, so well, like- and Thrasher did, like, a supplementary interview with them where they were kind of like... What was up with that trick? And yeah, he battled it over like many years. Though, for the record, he didn't really address exactly still why he screamed. And it, it was like, oh, this dude's not unwell. I mean, that, sorry, I'm not trying to go in too hard on this. It, it was very strange, though. Yeah, pretty, pretty strange reaction uh, to a hammer. Maybe we should all scream at hammers. We should. Was anybody screaming at the ramp to rail in Joe Delfino's part? Oh, right. The the ramp to rail. Is that... See, like, that's almost the same trick as Nyjah. Didn't Nyjah do, like, a, a similar it, it, yeah, setup? Yeah, very similar uh, ramp to up rail, across, and down. So Nyjah, I, I, I never went back and checked what Ja did, but he landed on an uphill part of a rail, too, and then went down. Yes. Yes. See, like, let's hear your take, Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought about this for a while. My take is if if it's to do a death defying trick, which this is in the realm of like something crazy, then it's okay. Then then I don't mind. If it's just like another long rail, then that's stupid. Right. Yeah. My my kind of criteria is would you be able to skate this rail without the ramp? And I, I think that in this case, it's no. I mean, you certainly couldn't grind up up and across without without the ramp. I guess maybe you could, like, use the ramp to get on the curb and then grind the king rail, but that would be, I don't know, pretty forgettable in this day and age, which is kind of crazy to think. So to me, it, was, it certainly was like, oh, whoa, he used a ramp, but I think that's pretty cool. Like, that was kind of my reaction to it. Where'd you fall on it, Mike? I saw the ramp on Twitter prior to being able to view the video. It was kind of without context, so withheld judgment. I was very good about withholding judgment. The Pedro Delfino one, I mean, he bashes into that crate that, you know, it's like a steep uphill thing over and down. I, I say it was legal. My my ruling was legal. So, yeah, I think that's a unanimous uh, legal from the, the mostly skateboarding court. Like, like, it's a good trick, but then you needed the ramp, and it's not, I don't know. It's kind of like, you could have gotten a different clip, too. Now I'm being wishy-washy. I, it, it was cool. I mean, when you, you, when you got you a, a different clip. Well, it's just like, shoot, I got to build a ramp to get on this rail, and it's kind of like flying. I don't know. It, it was sick. But it could also be, fuck, I got to get 12 minutes and 36 seconds of footage this year. How about this spot? <laughs> How about right. that? That's kind of it's, it. Sounds like such a struggle. Like I, I've never not wanted to be sponsored more than right now. It seems like more work than it's ever been to be a pro skater. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It used used to be like you just drop 
apart every two years and you were good. Right. Yeah, it's like, like dude, part every dudes would years. like not skate for like a year. Yeah. It's fine. The 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 blueprint the blueprint is like the Keenan, Gino, and Eric Pupeki roomies section from four one one. Maybe the only roomies section that ever happened. Only needed the one. But like, yeah, they play video games, play skate, get some clips. Being pros like used to be tight. The nineties, bro. If only we could get back there. Bill Clinton. <laughs> but, maybe uh, maybe people are staying pro too long. You know, maybe if it was if it was <laughs> damn, I'm not gonna end the show on the Macarena. I'll tell you that right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> I'm not gonna end the show on the Macarena. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. I lost my train of thought. Be- um, people are staying pro too long. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because people are staying pro too long. They get a sense of shit, I need to put in work and make money so that I can buy a house, take care of my wife and kids, like adult responsibilities that are beyond like pay for my Honda Civic and like make sure I have enough cereal in the uh, in the cupboard. So maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe this is a terrible take to say that careers are too long (laughs) in skateboarding. It should be only uh, exploited youngsters being pro. Well, let me ask y'all that y'all think these guys have another uh, assault in the Sodi Wars in the next couple of weeks. Oh, man. Um, and neither of these guys have another part, I would think. I, yeah, I wouldn't think that we're going to be getting a second part from either of these two. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of think that either either one of them or both are going to drop a part for their board sponsor. Wow. That Not would be heavy. Right. Okay. That would be heavy. Because I don't think, yeah, this was Tom Knox had Dickie's part. Hit that little New Balance clip. Yeah, this Atlanta Drift thing. So maybe a part for Crooked or something. I don't know. I was correct in my Miles Silva's prediction. He's got a part dropping tomorrow. So he might have a heater coming, and all the clips that were in that thing. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come out obviously, as you just said. After we have recorded this, filmed this, we don't film anything. We we're in the dark ages, audio only. I'm wondering, like, some of that shit looked like it was iPhone. So is he going to have a completely different part? And is that a primitive so. part? Or, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very it curious really about cl- it. It wasn't really clear if it was a Thrasher-branded part or a Thrasher and primitive-branded part. Straight-up Thrasher part is like, oh, shit, that's like one tier above the Spitfire part, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, I mean, based on that little clip that Thrasher posted on Twitter, it looks like most, if not all, of the footage is Bay Area. And he's got, like, you know, he's not doing, like, the buzzed head anymore. He's, like, a little, he's got the locks. He's doing back tail, 180 to nose slide around curved ledges at 3rd and Army. Shit's kind of serious. Yeah, he, might, he might be coming. Yeah, but, yeah, he has a third army stuff like that embarcadero backside tail side to heel clip. So he's too. got some shit at, at uh, heritage spots, as they say. Random aside, yeah, it, it it seems apropos because he could just like yeah, he could be swooping in dark horse Sodi, Sodi on a dark horse, Sodi on a pale horse. Whoa, but um, yeah, I, I I went to Familia. This must have been 2019 was at the Familia Park like the Monday after the X Games were in town or the Sunday after the X Games were in town. And Ishad, Miles Silvas, Jamie Foy, there's one other dude, Trent McClung, and uh, Tommy Finn. Is it Finn or Flynn? Finn. Finn. All those dudes were at the park just like 
skating normal, all god tier. I was watching Miles Silva, Silvas doing big spin back tails. Like all these dudes are just like, oh, I'm gonna big spin back tail. And like Jamie Foy seemingly learned it in the moment. And uh, Miles Silvas is about as good of a skateboarder as you will ever encounter or see in person. In like the technical, I have absolute control over the board when I'm doing tricks. So I'm I'm actually really curious to see what comes out because like a December uh, December eighth video part that 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 raises my hackles in a good way. Yeah, you know you know it's going to be heavy, and he's he's yeah like a Bay Area local, so I think he's going hunting big game hunting and uh, all the heritage spots. So it'll be it'll be exciting. I think I think what would put him over the top is getting a clip in a. Sacramento Kings Mike Bibby jersey. That would be like the capstone. beam. <laughs> oh, am I using that right? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, has to land. Are. No, he has to do like some MBD at Clipper and then hit the light the beam button. What's what's oh, like shit, the best there's a button by, by remote? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's a button. Like after every uh, I guess after I don't know if they still do this every game, but whenever they you know they win a home game, the MVP of the game or whatever hits this big ass like cartoon button to light the beam and the big big purple laser beam goes up from the top of the stadium it's crazy so then this is something that like throughout sacramento you can you can see oh yeah this beam of light and and that's undoubtedly one it's like darren fox or um is that sabonis sabonis okay we we know the sodi run for silvis is real if like either of those dudes show up in the in the video part just saying are, are these part. professional basketball players? these are professional basketball okay. players yes yeah. <laughs> for for you and the uh also puzzled reader readers of this story thank you but yeah I, i'm like i'm thinking yeah hammer to light the beam would be fucking amazing like let's see it well is there a spot at golden one center we don't know we don't know yet Damn, that was a good pull, Templeton. I was I wasn't even in the in the mindset of light the beam. You know, I did a little research on it, or not enough research, clearly, but I, I linked to some something about it last week, and I, I just I don't know, thought it was funny, so it, it stuck in my mind. I mean, what, one thing that I like, we got some of these dropping on YouTube, which introduces mid video commercials, which I think is a little down market for these kind of things. I think. You know, like midline, I'm getting a commercial for fucking hair loss pills or some shit. Takes me out of the moment. Are you guys taken out of the moment by the commercials? Yeah, I I actually signed up for YouTube Premium just because I watch it so much, like for all types of different shit, like music that you can't get on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, Call of Duty stuff, all, you know, all all types of shit. But yeah, if if there is a stupid commercial in the middle of a part it would yeah kind of ruin it a little bit i'm i'm thinking about signing up for youtube special premium whatever just because yeah i forget i was watching some part last year and i got like minnesota you know election year ads and oh yeah dude we got so many stupid political ads i mean that's the last shit i want to see when i'm watching like uh what's that Bobby Warrist, Yalti yeah. part, you know, looks good to me or whatever it's called. Like, I'm vibing on that, Brother Lynch. And then it's like fourth district, you know, fourth <laughs> congressional district. 
bullshit. I yeah, no. Yeah, like I had I had a, I had some ad blocker, but then it didn't work, and then YouTube like defeated the ad blocker. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'll, for the amount of time that I watch show on YouTube, I'll just pay for YouTube Premium. Yeah, I mean, me, me and the kid love to watch. I don't know. We watch like Prince videos, Caro Caro Bonito. Who else does she like? And then like a whole bunch of K-pop shit. And it's like, dude, I don't want you watching <laughs> these these terrible ads for God knows what. Maybe I got to shell out the eight ninety nine or whatever to per month and just get away from it. Damn, now, now I'm thinking uh, I might have to sign up too. We are not sponsored by YouTube, but we would be. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. <laughs> I don't be crazy. Yeah, we're sponsored by Google. Alphabet. Oh you yeah, Alphabet. Alphabet. That'd be good. Then you could get it, get it all, the whole suite for free. You get and you get real search results instead of whatever they give us now. Oh yeah, I could I could know which restaurants actually are close to where I am. Dang. We're gonna work on that one. It's infuriating. Anyway, we we are way off topic. I think I think that we've covered those guys. Well, we've kind of we kind of covered those guys, but we're 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 also kind of talking about Tom Knox and his collaborator, right? We are. Uh, the careers of Tom Knox and Jacob Harris are linked. Neither's career would be the same without the other. That got us thinking of other skater filmer duos. Mike, you even wrote about this phenomenon for the Ride Channel. What do you make of this? skater filmer relationship uh, talking about tom knox and jacob harris in particular like it's super successful i have written in my notes with an exclamation point like i don't know how divisible the two are in terms of like what we think of tom knox and his skating and how it's presented and not that like jacob harris is somehow stuck with tom knox but if we saw Jacob Harris shooting other people, we'd probably think of Tom Knox, if that all makes sense. Like, they're both very successful, and they've worked together to do it, and that's awesome. And it sounds like, from things I've read, especially from Tom Knox's perspective, that, you know, they're good friends, and they enjoy having helped each other. Tom Knox is the main attraction in Atlantic Drift. And I don't know if the dude actually has, like, the style and kind of the rarefied air that we give him without Harris. So, like, that's a super successful relationship. Thinking of others, you know, we jotted down, I think, Ricky Iola and, like, Dan Wolf. That's another mm -hmm. one of these pairings where they didn't necessarily work together forever. But, like, that Eastern exposure part is... All time. It's it's all time, and you don't get that without some synergistic filmer skater action going on. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Tim Dowling and Guy Mariano in the Mouse era. We put Strobeck and TJ in the notes, but I also say Strobeck and Kalis. Like he made Love Park look so fucking cool in like all those uh, well the Alien videos and all those black and white little edits that he posted you that know, pigeon edit. yeah pigeon that that's the one yeah yeah he made love park look i don't know he made it look like a like a football field but it's it's not really it wasn't really that big but yeah just the may uh the way he filmed made it look you know epic i will say love park is epic i, I think that strobeck made it look good but i don't, I don't think that he made it look I guess I don't think Love Park needed that much help All to right. push back on it. But I do think that the that filmers are 
like really essential in kind of like myth making of a skater you know they're they're kind of like the almost like the creative director of skate videos or skate footage you know i think that they're they're the ones who are out in the street they're the ones who know the skaters best almost and they can kind of know when to push everything all right sorry yeah they're the ones who know when to push and when that when the skater can do better or when when to kind of step back and let them work it out on their own yeah case in point mike turnaski i think jacob rosenberg said this in some interview either on this podcast or somewhere else that like the way he approached filming was you know cinematically like Sheffy's part in soldier story he set it up like a spaghetti western like you know the gunslinger coming to town something like that right know, like showing got... all the spots before yeah the part. yeah that was gnarly um you know some of the examples hensley pat duffy all that shit yeah what, what was that analogy again i was like locked in on I was, almost like oh go ahead i was saying that the way mike ternaski filmed was you know from a cin- cinematic point of view like for example Sheffy's part in Soldier Store, he set it up like an old spaghetti western. You know, like yes. a gunslinger coming to town or something like that. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking of like the good, you know, skater filmer combo is almost like the skater is a writer and then you've got the filmer as the editor in terms of taking what the skater wants to do, punching it up, so to speak, by filming it well and or advising in terms of like Nah, you don't want to do that. Let's do this, or let's try this, or let's approach it this way. Or, gosh, I saw on Instagram a really great, is it William Pham? Doing a line at one of those Barcelona train station spots. I forget which one. It had wooden benches and the granite benches under the, like, uh, under the awning. But, Chance. you know, probably, you know, does a, does a kickflip over one bench and goes wide out, but the filmer is just going parallel to the benches and he comes back and frontside flips. And it's like, you could do that. But then the filmer punched it up, made it made it its best possible clip by having that added creativity. And uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty important way that that relationship is important. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of trust that needs to be built up. And it's like, you know, if a skater is going to be skating at their highest level, they want to know that it's going to be captured at the highest level, you know, like if I'm going to risk myself to grind this rail, I want to make sure that we get it and it looks good. You know, you can't just like pass the VX off to your homie and hope that your like 20 stair nose grind comes out. Like you got to make sure it, it comes out good. I mean, I definitely like filming with my friend Benji, Benji Meyer, who made a bunch of like Minneapolis videos in the early 2000s. I got so comfortable and so trusting with him that like okay yeah he's he's gonna make me look good and it's gonna it's gonna turn out it's he's gonna get the clip you know i'd I'd have trust issues with other people filming where it's like do i really want to try this right now right here with this guy is it gonna look good it gets in your head for sure yeah because it sucks when you do something and you're like fuck it felt felt like I grinded longer or felt like I ollied higher or whatever and just doesn't look that good on film. And it's like, you know, I guess it's your own fault for not grinding farther or ollieing higher, but a good filmer can exaggerate the right things at the right time. Yeah. You know who's kind of an underrated filmer? Jamie Thomas. Like, 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of motivational tactics he used. I heard some shit. I don't know. But in those zero videos, like uh, Thrill of It All and whatnot, like with Eric Ellington, like he used the death lens. Like he made shit look so cool with like the quick, quick hit editing, no slow mo. Like that shit is pretty dope. It's held up pretty well. He's one of the best and most influential like skateboard video makers in my mind. The angle stuff and the editing that you were touching on, Jason, for sure. And then, like, he's done some insane music supervision where um, you take Bohemian Rhapsody and just start at, like, the last third of the song, you know, make it a friend section and all that shit that he, I mean, he made Welcome to Hell, which, unless you're Noah Johnson, you think is a really great video. Like, Jamie Thomas is extremely good at at video making and at base of that is the 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 videography and yeah knowing how to use the death lens and making it like a high impact thing because i think the if i remember just my own experience of i think 41117 it was a ryan kenrich line at chafee where i was like whoa what's up with this lens and i think that's the first time i realized or noticed the death lens to then go to the Jamie Thomas effect where, you know, you're directly under the rail and so-and-so is backlipping into you, but you're there with the camera. Like, yeah, he's very good at that. Yeah, he, he's had some crazy music supervision over the years, like uh, Sticks Renegade and that Chris Cole part. Dude, do you want to touch whoever that one's yeah, by? Yeah, that, that one. Also, also a Chris Cole part? Like, Chris Cole has had some heaters and they've just been memory hold by skateboarding. But I, I mean, I, like I saw in some interview, Jamie Thomas said himself like soldier stories, his favorite video. You can definitely see the Ternaski interview. I mean, influence. No, he tried, you know, with a bunch of his parts, he tries to make stuff completely like bombastic and cinematic, like completely over the top. Oh dude, he's like walking over whatever that zero video is where the intro is like, he's walking up, on like a mirage ridden street in San oh, like yeah. North County or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that Jamie Thomas is is kind of like an underrated filmer. I think probably because he's better known as like Zero Head Honcho, his filming and video making gets kind of pushed to the side. But yeah, I, I think that he influenced the whole generation and pushed the medium of like Death Lens to the extremes you know like i don't think anybody was getting as close as he was yeah i'd love to interview him about video making it's a good idea jamie open invitation nobody steal that idea I think i'm he sure did. he's done one yeah actually i right. think on the last nine club that he was on i think he kind of like didn't give a fuck and he was just telling all the motivational tactics that he used throughout the years i gotta go back and watch that I feel like I need to go back into the Nine Club archive. I, I gave up on them a long time ago, and I, I watched one or I listened to one, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. So maybe I should go back and find some gems in there. Num number one, number one Nine Club of all time, Javante Turner. The funniest, most quotable. I watched that, or I've watched the highlights of that one many times. Sick. I mean, I, I think, Jason, locally, you've got Gilbert Crockett and Will Rosenstock. I yeah, think that, definitely. I was in my notes. Will, and he's and that one so much shit around. That one, I think, I think that Will Rosenstock, being a good filmer who lives in Richmond, allows Gilbert to live in Richmond. You know, like, he couldn't have a career in Richmond without a good filmer being in Richmond. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that 
Will being a prolific filmer is huge. I mean, for the scene here, because then it's makes Richmond like a base of operations for Quasi. Right, which like who who could have seen that coming? Yeah, who could have seen Richmond being the skate mecca of the world for sure? But here <laughs> we are, loving the hell out of it. I'm sure. Yeah, we did Iola and Dan Wolf. I feel like the um, Dan Wolf film boosting it's really well for that mm-hmm. real that real video because I don't know that I I love that part and. Since day one. I feel like since day one doesn't doesn't like stick in my mind. Like I know it's a really good video, but somehow it's like I think it maybe it's just like of the internet era where like I watched it once and it's just like on to the next thing and maybe I should go back and watch it again, like spend spend some attention on it. It is a good but a flawed video in that it's right at the cusp of you know, you couldn't quite get everybody to film within the same format. So you've got just aspect ratios and cameras and lenses all over the place right yeah and it's almost it's too sprawling it's too big of a video which is you know right right around the time when everybody was like oh these full lengths are gonna die but um, like part by part it's really good yeah like who who skated to blow the whistle was that davis no that was uh the homie from albany jake donnelly yeah jake donnelly that was a dope part that's a great part. Davis skated to Brian Eno, I think, in that one. He always skates to weird-ass songs. I say that with Could, love. Couldn't <laughs> get the rights to anything Prince-related, I assume. You know, his first pro model was a Prince board. It was like oh, yeah, the Purple with, Rain. Yeah, with the doves or whatever. That was sick. I, I, I got one in the other room here. I got to hang it up. But, yeah. No, you know what I, I wanted him to skate with uh, was Since You've Been Gone. Or that Since been You Were Mine. Which, what is the name of that song? Shit, now I'm in the heat of the moment and I can't remember. When You Were Mine. No, shit. It's driving me crazy. The Prince, a Prince song? Yeah. At first you had me, when you said Since You've Been Gone, I was like, Kelly Clarkson? That's oh, yeah. a choice. Yeah. The song does kind of slap, though. That would be sick if someone skates it. I think I think the time has come. I think enough time has passed that someone should skate to Since You've Been Gone. Oh, yeah, and for the record, Prince, When You Were Mine. Oh, there you go. There we go. Oh yeah, real quick, just some other uh, skater filmer teams: uh, Shane O'Neill and James James. Mm-hmm. All that VX VX shit that he came out with, like right when he was first on the scene. Socrates and Daywan, of course. Socrates and basically everyone on World Kareem Menace. God bless that man for filming the Menace team when he did it. And I think even before around the same time, I mean Dave Schubert, R.I.P. for filming Pepe Martinez. RIP. I mean, he was basically the only person filming up there, up in DC, and I guess he captured it in Fine Arts, which is pretty much an immortal video part. So shout out both those guys. There's another DC filmer whose name I can't remember. Super nice guy, but he's the one who filmed the fight from Fine Artist. Oh yeah, legendary. Fuck, what is his name? Cannot remember his name. I've like talked to him before, interviewed him before. Pete Thompson. No, fucking it. This has gone on too long. Yeah, now you've you've created yourself an editing issue. <laughs> I really have. God, fuck. Well, stay tuned to the mostly uh, group chat where I'll figure this out in the next couple of days. Where did we? Where is a good edit point? Shit. You know what? I'm gonna link to it in the show notes. I'm gonna figure out who I'm trying to think of, and uh, you'll all be stoked, and I'll be stoked. Fuck. I'm not stoked right now. Anyway, let's finish the show off. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on how uh, deep of a 
whirlpool of searching we got into just there. Maybe maybe it'll show up in the show. Maybe it won't, but that was fun. Uh, I am stoked on the NBA leading Minnesota Timberwolves. You can put me down as long as the Timberwolves continue to kill it as they have been all season as just stoked on the Timberwolves. Also stoked that today in Minneapolis it was 50 degrees. There is no snow. We've had three snows. Nothing is stuck yet. It's just insanely good, yet weird weather for the Twin Cities right now. The more snow we can put off until the new year, the better. Just makes the winter that much easier. And then um, I'm very stoked that my kickflips have been feeling really good lately. And they're fun to do. Great trick. Kickflip. Uh, Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Stoked on Brian Reed being pro for DGK. Uh, his first pro model is 8.25 for all the 8.25 disciples out there. I mean, look, it was undeniable after that part he just dropped. That's all That's all there is to it. It was fucking undeniable. So as the video game liaison for this podcast, I'd be remiss in my duties. If I didn't mention that I'm stoked on the new Warzone map in Call of Duty Warzone called Urzikstan. So I to get jump into that this weekend and soaked on a video by the homie Corey Rawson from down in Nashville called a uh, third world country. The usual Nashville su- suspects are in there like Quill Haddocks, a uh, little Ross Norman part. So pretty psyched on that. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I didn't have it in my notes, but I'm, I'm stoked on third world country too. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, shout out to Corey Rosen, big fan. But what I did have written down was, uh, DJ Datside featuring MC Blaze and Naughty Ride. Skaters of a certain age might have seen the Transworld video Modus Operandi, and the last song in the video is like this uh, drum and bass song, and that's this one, but it's uncredited, and for decades I've wondered what the song is, wanted to hear the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. and just today, thanks to Al Brown asking about it and at crook shove sharing the link finally get to hear the whole song so very stoked on dj dat side featuring mc blades which probably is playing under this but there's lots of uh, music choices to work it's, with this it's week it's gonna be mama i'm coming home as the outro no it shouldn't be that's terrible <laughs> i don't know all right well listeners you'll you'll know because you'll probably be hearing it right now that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talk about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite. And writing stuff for Quartersnacks. Mike, where can the people find you? Uh, if it's social media that I'm on, you're going to find me at M. Munzenrider. Uh, Templeton. Where art thou on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We will see you guys next week. And next week we're celebrating 25 years of uh, Y Skate, or excuse me, WI Skate with Josh Ellis. So, whoa, you got him? For that one. I got him. Yeah. Nice. Get, get your notes ready. If there. you're gonna step into it, freedom, keep on your clear. I rush out under the pressure, waking all the lazy ear. Inside the place, right up to the face, boom, sound of the power base. If you know how to break it down, come select that imitate. No, see, right, come back, it's feeling up with sound. The root base supply, I'm blowing up another round. No, see, right, original break that alone. Or like a massive in a New York tool 
eviscerated sharp as shit. Sharp bladed like an X-rated sharp shit. We keep it sharp, sharp, sharp bladed. We keep it sharp bladed like an X-rated sharp shit. We keep it sharp bladed like an X-rated sharp shit. We keep it sharp, sharp, sharp bladed. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. Keep it sharp, sharp bladed like an. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. Keep it sharp bladed, sharp bladed. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. Keep it sharp. Sharp bladed. Sharp. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp. We keep it sharp bladed like an insulated uragana. Sharp bladed. Sharp. Sharp bladed. Keep it sharp. Sharp bladed. Sharp. Sharp bladed. Sharp bladed. Look your eye, come back and spinning up with sound. Original fear. 